You know, let's turn over to First uh, Thessalonians chapter five. The uh, the title of our lesson this morning is the lifestyle of a Christian, and uh, that's what it's all about, right? The lifestyle of a Christian and uh, figuring out how to imitate Christ. There's uh, many different verses you could look at, but the uh, the simplicity of circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, by, uh, by no means do I think the lifestyle of a Christian uh, can be defined by just this one verse, right, or these few verses. But, uh, but these verses surely challenge us greatly. Always. Continually. In all circumstances. You know, when does your Christian life begin and end, right? Does it uh, begin when you walk through those doors and you turn it off when you leave? You know, does your Christian lifestyle uh, occur when it's convenient, continually, and in all circumstances? And uh, this morning, three of our campus students are, uh, are going to break down these three verses, Stephanie, Keaton, and Clarence are going to share with you from their lives what it means to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And uh, as they share, I call you to ask yourself, does my lifestyle match the lifestyle of a first century Christian? So please uh, welcome me and join uh, Join me in welcoming uh, Stephanie to the stage. Okay, there you go. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. I hope you all are doing great this morning. I'm super excited and honored to be able to be up here to share with you all. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Stephanie Rodriguez. And, well, you all guessed I'm part of the campus ministry. <laughs> Um, so I got baptized in August uh, 29th of last year, um, and I'm currently studying at UTA to become a nurse, um, and hopefully one day become a neonatal nurse. So that would be pretty cool. Um, I'm also getting married yeah. um, in December um, to an amazing man of God, and his name's Ruben. Stand up, stand up so people can see you. Stand up. There he is. He's a little embarrassed, but I love it. Um, so I also had the privilege of baptizing um, two uh, beautiful and special women in my life. Um, it's uh, my sister, Allie Rodriguez. That's my little sister. And then uh, Rachel Oviedo, she's my soon-to-be sister-in-law, and I think she's in Kids Kingdom right now. Um, but um, amen. So that's a little bit about me. Um, so like Jacob said, we are called um, to always to rejoice. And um, so rejoicing always is important to the Christian life uh, because it shows our hope in God. Um, so let's turn to Romans 5, 3, or verse 3. Um, I'll let you all get a minute to do that. Um, so it says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. 
So to me, this definition of rejoice means to express um, joy. Um, and it's not about feeling joyful, but also choosing to be joyful in those um, difficult situations. Um, so especially in the scripture, like it says, you know, rejoicing always um, in our sufferings. But I don't know about y'all, but whenever I go through something, it's not natural for me to be rejoiceful um, in my suffering. And sometimes, like, I'm a really happy person, you know, whenever you see me, you know, I always have a smile on my face. Um, and sometimes people say whenever I'm mad that I look cute. So I don't know how that happens. But uh, um, so I was just, like, thinking in those, whenever I do go through those difficult situations, I'm you know, I don't want to be happy. I don't want to, you know, have to talk to anybody. Um, I just want to be by myself and deal with it by myself as well. Um, but um, I choose to be joyful or be joyful in that situation. Um, so the scripture explains why we need to be rejoiceful in our sufferings because it produces that perseverance, which then produces change in our character and causes us to put our hope not in, you know, our circumstances but or of the things of this world, but in God. Um, so what I've learned is that by rejoicing in all things says that Christ is our source of joy and delight and not our circumstances. Um, so in December of 2015, um, I uh, took my HESI test. And um, for those of you who don't know who, what a HESI test is, I mean, maybe some of the nurses do in here, but it's a standardized test where you have to um, take before you actually apply for the nursing program. And I had um, everything planned out. I would, you know, uh, take my test in December, and I would pass it. I would, you know, apply to the nursing program and get into the fall. But, you know, our plans don't always go as expected. Um, so I took my HESI test, and there are four sections of it. And um, I passed three sections but failed one of them. And it wasn't by, like, you know, a dramatic um, point system, but it was, like, maybe, like, four points that I missed. So it was kind of hard for me because it's kind of like, you know, whenever you play sports, you know, whenever you lose really bad, yeah, you lost. You know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, like, I lost. I'm going to accept it. But whenever you lose by, like, you know, one or two points, you're just, like, like, you get really, like, upset. And you're like, wow, like, why? Like, I was so close to winning, and I lost by, like, a point or two. So that's how I felt. It caused a lot of suffering in my heart. And um, at this point, I had, like, two options. One, I could have, like, you know, given up on becoming um, a nurse. Or two, I could have, you know, um, choose to rejoice um, and um, to continue to pursue being a nurse and to lean on God. So for me, by choosing to rejoice, um, it helped me to produce that character to not give up and to try again um, to uh, take my HESI test in April. So um, I took my HESI test in April of this past, uh, oh, 2016, and um, I passed it. So that was really exciting. Yeah. Um, and then I applied for the nursing program for the spring of 2017. Um, so this past week, for um, waiting about five long months, um, I was actually um, about to do a Bible study, and it was uh, me and Marissa and Janelle, and uh, I was sitting there, and we were about to, you know, get things going, and I saw an email from the um, advisors about the, you know, letters, um, you know, given out to or the nurses that did apply for the spring of 2017. So I was super excited, but I was really nervous, and I was really, you know, anxious to open it. So finally, um, I saw on the email that it says, you have been, and I was like, oh, I think I got accepted. So I was like, okay, so I clicked on it, and as I clicked on it, it says, been on the wait list. So I was so devastated, and I was so, like, you know, um, heartbroken, and uh, 
uh, Janelle came down and she starts like, um, I guess she saw my expression and I was like, okay, I'm not going to cry. I'm about to do this Bible study. Like I can't, you know, make this about me. It's about her. Um, so <laughs> it was funny because Janelle knew right away something was wrong. And I was like, oh, dang it. Like I don't want anybody to know. Um, but then it was really um, crazy too because my sister was right next to me studying with her group um, of nursing friends. And so I was just like, Okay, I need to tell her, but I don't want her to come over here, because if she does come over here, I'm going to cry. And so um, I texted her. I was like, hey, don't say anything or don't come over here, but I got waitlisted. And so um, she sent this long, um, sweet, like, message to me, and I couldn't even, like, read it, because I probably would have cried. But, yeah, um, so... I finally, like, got the courage. I finally got the courage to finally read it. And um, she gave me some really good advice. Uh, she was saying that a lot of... Um, a lot of people got rejected and... Um, didn't get waitlisted, and so I was just really grateful that, you know, she did give that, you know, advice to me, and she said that um, she did get um, waitlisted as well, and she got into the program, so I just, you know, had to hope that, you know, that'll happen to me as well, um, so I decided to put my faith in God, because whether I got in or not, I'm going um, to trust in Him. Um, like it says in Romans 5, our hope um, does not disappoint us, because we put our hope in God, and God is always in control, going, or God is going to pour his love in my heart and in yours as well. Um, so let's turn to Proverbs uh, 3, 5 through 6. Um, so it says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Um, even though I wanted to see that acceptance letter, you know, from the nursing program, uh, but God didn't answer that for me. Um, and I'm going to trust in God and that whatever he has planned for me, that his plan is perfect and that I can't lean on my own understanding of things uh, because God knows my future and I don't. So I challenge y'all um, to find a go-to scripture um, when times get tough and um, just remember and, um, you know, put, engrave that in your heart that... Um, you know, just to help you rejoice in through your circumstances. Um, it is easy to praise God um, when all is going well, but it especially honors him when we praise him in the midst of our trials. Um, so thank y'all so much for letting me share, and I will turn it over to Keen. doing this morning? Doing good? Hey, great job, Stephanie. Great job, Stephanie. Uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, well, welcome, everybody. My name is Keaton Hickman. For those of you who uh, maybe haven't met me yet, um, let's see, I just want to give you guys a little bit of background information about me before I get started here. You know, I'm from a small town uh, called Paradise, Texas. For uh, the few of you who have heard of it, um, you know, I graduated in 2013. And I bounced around from a few different schools before I eventually uh, landed here in Arlington at UTA. Um, 
and you know I've uh, changed my majors around a few different times, but I'm studying psychology now, and I will be uh, graduating in the spring of 2018. And um, thank you, thank you. Um, but um, on April 17th, uh, 2016, um, just about five and a half months ago, um, I made the very best decision of my entire life uh, to be baptized and to make Jesus Lord. Um, You know, I'm so uh, I'm so incredibly thankful, and I feel so uh, so blessed that God has given me the opportunity to come up here and allow Him to just speak through me um, as I talk about why it's so important in our Christian life to pray continually, like it talks about in First Thessalonians five. You know, praying continually has been one of, if not the most important lesson that I've learned in the short time since I was baptized, since I became a disciple. Um, you know, it's what has really kept me deeply rooted in my faith, in my relationship with God. You know, prayer is how we reach out to God. Prayer is how we communicate to God. And prayer is how we build a relationship and a friendship with God. You know, I want to tell you all briefly about how I was reached out to on campus and, um, you know, what really helped me along the journey uh, for me uh, to be baptized. You know, uh, Clarence Williams, who uh, I'm sure most of you all know who he is, uh, he's going to be following me up uh, here in just a minute. Um, he's the intern on campus at UTA. And, uh, as y'all know, he's a he's a pretty fly dude. Um, yeah, um, but you know, he and uh, Jacob Bartlow, which everyone knows as well, uh, reached out to me on campus one day. I was just a random guy walking from one class to the other, and um, you know, Clarence decided to stop me because he liked the shoes that I was wearing. Um, you know, so I, if it wasn't for the Jordans that I was wearing that day, I might not even be standing here right now. <laughs> but. Um, but, you know, we exchanged numbers, and uh, the story goes on from there. Um, but, you know, at the time in my life, uh, seeking a relationship with God was the very last thing that I had planned to do. Um, you know, I was way too busy uh, chasing after the wind, like it talks about in Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books. Um, you know, but, but for some reason, this dude named Clarence just kept on texting me. He kept on inviting me to these things called Bible talks, whatever those are. And he, and he kept on inviting me to church. Uh, so eventually I gave in and decided to just uh, go to a Thursday night Bible talk. Um, but it didn't stop there. He kept on texting me. He kept on asking me to come over and play, uh, you know, the video game on the PS4 with me or go to the gym and play basketball with me. And then all of a sudden he started asking me to get in these personal Bible studies, whatever, the, whatever those were about. And, um, you know, so in preparing for this lesson, I was really thinking about uh, this story. And I wanted to go back and look at Monty Clarence's very first text message conversations that we had um, whenever he started reaching out to me. And I was really surprised to go back and realize how much I was actually reciprocating uh, the conversation that we were having and how much I was actually eager to, uh, to get into these Bible studies and to learn more about God. Um, you know, and I definitely wasn't giving myself enough credit whenever I was thinking about going back. And um, I was surprised to what I uh, read whenever I saw the text messages. Um, but you know, God wanted to have a relationship with me. And, and God knew how much I needed a friend like Clarence to help me and to guide me along uh, the path to build a friendship and a relationship with God. You know, at the time, I didn't really have any friends at all. Um, and I didn't know anybody at UTA. Uh, I basically just went to class, went to work, went back home to my one bedroom apartment. And that was, you know, my everyday, uh, my everyday life. You know, but for someone like me, Know, though I'm full of sin, would reciprocate how much Clarence was reaching out to me, how much more will God reciprocate 
us whenever we reach out to him and continually knock and pray continually to him like it talks about in Matthew 7. You know, me and Clarence didn't become friends just overnight. Um, and we probably never would have become friends if it wasn't for him continually reaching out to me. You know, God wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. You know, but we can't expect to have a good relationship with him if we just hit him up every once in a while. We have to reach out to him and pray to him continually. You know, and as I was studying the Bible and, uh, you know, even after I became a disciple, you know, I was kind of having a hard time being disciplined uh, with my quiet times and with my prayer life. But the one scripture that really stuck out to me and changed everything for me was uh, in Mark, Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 35 through 39. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. You know, whenever I read this scripture, I was really, I was so cut to the heart when I read this scripture. You know, because isn't that the entire goal of being a disciple is to imitate Jesus? You know, if we want to have a relationship with God like Jesus had a relationship with God, we have to imitate Jesus. You know, Jesus got up and made the time uh, to pray even before the sun was up because he knew how busy he was. Jesus was a busy man. He had a full schedule. And whenever I read this, I realized that the stresses of my life and the busy schedule of school and work and everything else was no type of excuse for me. You know, Jesus not only made time in the morning to pray, but he prayed continually. Jesus prayed in every single situation, not only in the morning for a few minutes or just 10 seconds before each meal. You know, Jesus completely relied on his relationship with God, and he did that through praying continually. You know, we always say in Jesus' name that we pray, but also it has to be in Jesus' name that we live by following his example through praying continually. You want to talk about a couple of really challenging questions to ask yourself? When was the last time you prayed more often than you checked your social media accounts? When was the last time you prayed whenever somebody cut you off on the highway? When was the last time you stopped right in the middle of an argument to pray about it? When was the last time that you prayed when you were just walking from your car to work or to class? You know, the more I begin to think about it, there really is not a single situation in our lives that we cannot pray about. You know, in Ephesians 6, it talks about how we should put on the full armor of God. But it also says to pray in the spirit on all occasions. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, Steve Kennard gave a few, uh, several amazing, amazing lessons about how we can be more like Jesus. And I really want to really reiterate um, something that he said that stuck out to me and something that I will never forget. You know, how about Jesus is always with us, and I want to switch it up to how we should always pray. Pray in the morning. Pray at night. Pray in your car. Pray when you work out. Pray in the workplace. Pray on campus. Pray at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Pray at the mall. Pray in your living room. Pray alone. Pray with your friends. Pray with your enemies. Pray with joy. Pray with sorrow. Pray with your mom. Pray with your dad, pray with your brother, 
Pray with your siblings. Pray with your kids. Pray in your strengths. Pray in your weaknesses. And pray every single moment about every single thing in every single situation. Pray continually. And I'm not going to, we still have Clarence behind me, but it would only be right for me to talk about praying continually to end in a prayer. So just bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day, God. Thank you so much for the amazing weather that you've given us this past week. Thank you so much to uh, allow us to have a place where we can all come together um, as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ to worship you, God, and to learn about you, God, and to really um, take in your word and be able to uh, leave from here and put it into practice, God. I pray that you be with all of us as we go uh, throughout the rest of our Sunday and the rest of our week, uh, keeping us safe, watching over us. And I pray that you allow us to really, really imitate the example of your son, Jesus Christ, and how he prayed continually in all circumstances, God. Just allow us to fully and totally rely on you and pray to you in every single situation, God. I pray these things in grace in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Jacob, you owe me 20 bucks, man. You told me I wouldn't do it. I dab, all right? Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Clarence Williams. I've been a disciple for about a year. I go to UTA. I major in communications. And over the summer, I also had the pleasure to deploy in Bagram, Afghanistan. I also served in the United States Air Force. Um, Keaton and Stephanie have done a good job thus far. I don't know what I'm going to do to follow up with that. They, they, did, they did well, man. But um, today I'm going to be talking about giving thanks in all circumstances and why is that important in the Christian life, right? So giving thanks in all circumstances. It's important to give thanks in all circumstances because it lets God know that you depend on him and that you appreciate him for everything that he's done in your life, right? So... In that being said, you have two types of circumstances. You have good circumstances and you have bad circumstances. There's no in-between, you know, what kind of circumstances that we have in life, right? So with that, I want y'all to open up to Colossians 3, and I'm going to read verse 17. And it says, And whatever you do, whether in the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Now, with that, it would be pretty easy, you know, if we were all perfect and if we were all just, just like Jesus to apply this scripture. But I know, I know we all not, and I know I'm definitely not. So when it comes to one thing that I think about that can stop us or prevent us from giving thanks in good circumstances is pride. We can all tend to think that our success in the world as far as like the money we have, the clothes that we have, the shoes that we have, or even the fruitfulness in the church comes from us. You know, I think sometimes we tend to replace the Lord's name in this scripture and put our name in it instead. And let me let me read it like that for y'all real fast. And whatever I do, whether in word or deed, I do it all in the name of me, giving thanks to me through me. 
You know, I think sometimes when it comes to giving thanks in good circumstances, we try to put ourselves in the place of God and think that all the work is that we do all the work, that all the work comes from us and the success of that. All right. And but I was doing a study with my friend James the other day. And we was talking about the heart. And this scripture in Proverbs really stuck out to me that I'm about to reference. It says, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty. Now, that word haughty, a synonym for that word is to be proud or prideful. So before, so when you think about being prideful and think about boasting in yourself and not thanking God and the good circumstances that have in your life, know that a downfall is coming. Know that trials and tribulations will come, you know, and it's not you. It is God that does what he does in your life. So, number one, in order to give thanks in the good circumstances in our life, we must be humble because after that comes honor. And now I want to talk about bad circumstances for a second. Now, in our last year when Mark was speaking over the series of gratitude, I study you, Mark. I watch you, man. But, uh... And like in the gratitude series, he was speaking about, you know, how to give thanks in the Thanksgiving season. And what really intrigued me was when he was talking about how can we be thankful when the bad things are going in our life. He talked about one of his favorite, one of his theme scriptures that, uh, that was a theme for him at one point in his life. And it's James 1, 2 through 4. I'm about to read that in a second. So life is hard. And it's like, how do we give thanks in good circumstances? Well, I'm about to let you know. Consider it pure joy. My brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish his faith, must finish his work, my bad, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So in order to have, in order to give thanks in the bad times in our life, we must have joy. And joy is just that thing that's deep inside, inside of us. Stephanie talked about it briefly um, earlier when she was talking about rejoicing always. You have to have joy when it comes to giving thanks in the bad circumstances. Well, what brings us joy? What should, brings us, what should bring us joy as Christians? Well, the gospel should bring us joy. The fact that Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins should bring us joy. We should be happy when we hear about that. We should be happy about that when we read our Bible. You know, the Bereans, they studied the Bible with eagerness. You know, that's a, I think that relates to joy. You just can't read your Bible, you know, just being dull every morning. Oh, I'm about to read my Bible, you know, reading it as if it's a chore. That should bring you joy every time you open up God's scriptures. And when I think about a circumstance that personally happened in my life, like Savannah, um, both of my parents are deceased as well. You know, in 2008, my mom had passed away from breast cancer. And then just to fast forward eight years later, when um, I was two days away, two days away from coming home from Afghanistan, and I found out that my dad passed away with lung cancer. And I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, God, like, I couldn't get home, you know, just to see my mans before, before you took him away. I'm thinking... Like, how? Like, how, how could this happen, you know? But I know as a disciple, and I know that as a Christian, I have to find a way. I have to dig down and find a way. How do I give thanks in those circumstances? As Stephanie, again, referenced earlier, she referenced Proverbs. So in that, you know, we know, we know that we're supposed to acknowledge God in all our ways and lean not to our own understanding. So with that being said, it's none of our business on why God does what he does in our life. You just have to trust him. You have to lean on him. And you have to 
depend on him. This is what we must do. We have to trust God in the bad circumstances. Just like it was a purpose in Jesus' suffering, just like it was a purpose for him getting beaten, getting lied on, getting struck, and getting the crowns of thorns put on his head, him having to carry his cross from a certain distance. It was a purpose in that. And the purpose in that was to is the reason why we are here today. So just like it was a purpose in Jesus' suffering, it's a purpose in your suffering as well. You have to look around and you have to think about the lost people that are in this world. You're going through what you're going through so that your life may preach to others. That is why you're going through what you're going through. A lot of people don't read the Bible. A lot of people don't understand the way of life. But sometimes you're the only person that they see, so therefore you're the only Bible that they see since they don't read it. So your faith has to walk. Your faith has to be three-dimensional when it comes from the words that are on the pages of the Bible. And you single day. So in thinking about bad circumstances, you have to have joy. And you have joy because of the gospel. Because we are like Jesus, and you should be honored that you have the opportunity to be like Jesus and suffer like him. I don't think we can actually go through what Jesus actually went through. You know, I, I would have said, no, nah, I, I couldn't have I couldn't been Jesus. But you, have, but you have the opportunity to be similar to him and to be Christ-like. So in that being said, here goes a few practicals throughout your week, not just throughout the, your week, but throughout the rest of your life on how to apply this, right? So in being humble, you have, to, you have to share your testimony. You have to share the good things that God does, you know, for us, because that, 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 that brings down that pride, that brings down that ego that we have when you let people know the goodness of God. You let them know that it's not your work, but it's his work that blesses you with everything that you have. So just continue to tell people, you know, about the good news that happens in your life, you know. Um, and in the bad circumstances, you just have to, you just have to have joy. And you have to be around those people, you know, that either been through what you, that's been through what you've been through, because you're not the only person that's been through what you've been through, you know. You're not special. God, God doesn't give you no special trial or tribulation. If you've been through it, somebody else has been through it. Facts. Facts. So talk to that person and have joy and fellowship. That's why the, fellow, the fellowship is so key after we get out of church every Sunday and, after, and outside the walls of this church. You have to fellowship with your brother and sisters and let them know what's going on. And, some, and one of them might be able to help you with your situation that's going on. So and live in the Christian lifestyle. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. If you're applying these three things to your life, I think you're doing a pretty good job as a Christian thus far in your life. Let me close this out in a prayer.